only three ways you can make more money, right? Bring in new customers uh, back more often, yeah. bring brand new customers in the door, or have your existing yeah. customers spend more with you. If they had a good experience, someone spending more doesn't mean you're doing something immoral. It's a loyalty you. loop. I'm going to use a word that causes people stress in our profession, and the word is upsell. I'm not telling you to do something or to offer something that you do not. I'm saying if there is something that exists that could help this person, give them the option to do that. And I am going very slow because this is important. I'm not telling you that you need to start selling percussion guns if you don't think that that could help this person. Don't do it. I'm saying if there's something out there and you're not suggesting it, I'm gonna flip this on him, Brian. You are doing them a disservice by not telling them about Brian, first questions are the hardest. Uh, we get the hard questions out of the way early. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Yingling Oktoberfest from America's oldest brewery, boy. In I love this beer. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. The pride of Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Yes, absolutely correct. Now, yep. I know that because that's where I was a radio broadcaster. So I was, for part, a decent part of my career, I was in Northeast Pennsylvania. Pottsville was a little south of there, but right. Yingling, which I feel like it's America's oldest brewery. You know that because that's their marketing that's their message, thing. Yep. selling point, right? I feel like yep. I never heard of them until like 2004. Next thing you know, they were everywhere. Like it was- What? That was the, I don't know. I, had ne- I mean, I grew up in New York. Once I moved to PA, it was like, oh, it's Yingling. I didn't grow up far away from where Yingling is in Pennsylvania. Right, right. But um, right. but those guys, the guys and girls that worked at Yingling used to bring the radio station people because they were advertisers and sponsors of the of the stations I worked for. They would right. they would bring us once a year to the brewery. And the well, first cool. year, I was like, I was like, that's cool. And they put on such a show, like they like they would walk you through and like talk. Right about the history like it was their own like grandfather who founded it. it was all it was a really great like oh this is brilliant like because by the time you leave you're like i'm never drinking another beer because these guys I just, <laughs> every time i look at the logo i think of those guys and the brewers and the this and the story which we talked about in a previous episode it's like talk to right. me you can tell me how many ounces it is what your abv and how many pounds of yeast or what i don't even know how beers man i just know how to drink yeah, it yeah yeah right but right you could do that or you tell me a story and now there's an emotional thing. So when I see these six beers and I see one of them, the handles is a ying. I'm like, you know what? Pride of Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Give me a, That's in PA, funny. do you know what they call it in Pennsylvania? You don't order a yingling at a, at a bar in Pennsylvania. You just call it a lager. I'll take a lager. lager. And yeah. just knows I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say a lager. Yeah, I I moved to Maryland, and that's when I got I was first introduced to uh, Yingling was in '93, and I was like, "This is great! This is uh, you know." I went to college in Buffalo. I wasn't that far away, but wait, like, wait, you, where'd you go to school? I never even I never even knew. I went to Damon College in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, I went to St. Bonaventure. Yeah. I was an hour due south of Buffalo. So if Buffalo right, right. is in the middle of nowhere cold, I'm south <laughs> of nowhere cold. <laughs> yeah, when you said you went to St. Bonaventure, I said, I know where that is. Not yep. many people There's do nothing there. There's nothing there. We had a bunch of There's fryers, a couple of kegs yeah. of beer to keep us warm. And yeah. maybe that's why I was so focused when I was there, because in the middle of upstate New York, or we, yeah. depending on where you're from. Where are you from? Are you from yeah. New York? 
I am originally from Rochester, New York, outside Rochester suburbs, uh, you know, so I, I, I went to college, you know, 60 minutes from my home, but yeah. man, it was the best place on earth to go to school. Cause there was nothing to do. It's cold. And even in the spring and summer, it's not great. But what, yeah. it, what it did there for me anyway, listen, I had a bunch of buddies go to like big, smart people, Ivy league schools. I wasn't going there. Right. I had them go to like big schools and pro football programs. I went where it accepted me and where, and they had a radio station that I could just get on as a freshman. Right. And I remember That's looking cool. and going to visit them and being like, you guys have like football Saturdays. Bonaventure didn't have a football team. We had a decent basketball team. We'd show up at the NCAA tournament right. once every three, four, five years. But the thing that you're talking about, I think a lot of upstate New York schools had, and I'm sure across the country, I just yeah. don't know you know, other geography, because there's nothing around. It was like the people you went to school with, you were tight. It's like, dude, there's nothing yeah. to do. We, we yeah. are together. We need to yeah. be like tight. And you, be, you form those ridiculously stupid bonds with these idiots that I went to school with. My love, I lovingly call them my idiots. I'm an idiot too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're drinking. Idiots. I, I agree. I agree. What was your college what are you drinking? I'm drinking Mick Ultra because I'm trying to lose like 15 pounds for being heavy all summer. I drank a lot this summer. <laughs> that's funny i just lost some weight i was just well, i've been doing the your, same thing so this is a treat what was your college beer though since you went to school in buffalo had to be something canadian right oh yeah yeah the steamboat i did a lot of yeah, that canadian beer blue, yeah. molson canadian yeah. like that molson yeah yeah it was I'm like drinking. you know because you could go across the border and pick up beer whenever you want when you're 18 right my problem was that was true. I was a 17-year-old freshman. I had to use a fake ID. In, I would never use a fake ID ever, by the way. I would never yeah. do that. In theory, <laughs> I would have had to use a fake ID in Canada for the first three quarters of my freshman year, which was right. laughable. Anyway, I'm drinking yeah. diet beer, Mick Ultra. They don't sponsor the show, but if they want to, I will take your ad dollars. All right. That's the first round brought to you by our friends at Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. All right. So we're do we're, we've got this new format going on. I came, I was, you were nice enough to have me on your podcast. I still don't know why, but I was on there and we did that. We're doing this format, which I think allows the guests to sort of circle a problem that they have experience in. Right. So it's like, put this yeah. thing in the middle, look at it, size it up, figure it out and how to solve it. But I'm not asking the guests to solve the whole damn thing because, I mean, if you if you could, you'd just go do that, be a billionaire, right? But what we're doing right. is we're looking for suggestions. Like, here's how I see this problem. And when you right. hear other people's takes on things, typically it's like, hey, here's two different points of view and there's a straight line between any two points, yada, yada. You're going to take something away with this. So that's the that's format right. we're working with today. So today the prompt is – I guess, how do we solve this income squeeze or what are different ways to tackle or attack or or um, be better equipped for the income squeeze? How do you just, you just got back from PPS. How do you describe the income squeeze, right? Because this wasn't a topic of conversation maybe four or five years ago, but now it's like the prevailing soundtrack at something like PPS. Describe the problem we're going to poke at today. 
Yeah, you know, I, you know, I've been a therapist for 30 years and I got to tell you, I've been through the, you know, the the budget reform, you know, the balanced budget amendment in 1997 that put like 1500 home health agencies out of business and therapists were turning into bartenders and waiting tables because it was just better, you know, the you know, the overglutton of 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 services and whatnot. I've been in the times in the early 90s when there was 40,000 chairs needing PTs and not enough PTs to fill it. Um, but I've never been in a time like this where all, all crossroads are merging at the same spot at the same time. And obviously going to PPS, that was like the overarching um, message there was like, we're, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a heck of a hurting at the moment. Inflation's gone up 17% uh, since January, 2021. That's, in, that's insane. Uh, isn't that crazy? Uh, that's crazy. I mean, just that one point alone, you're like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the another group did a, analysis on the purchasing power of the dollar and if you go back to oh i got it right here i got it right here in front of me a little newspaper 30 years you go back 30 years and uh the reimbursement rates for physical therapy is at a 30-year low inflation's up 17 percent the dollar is now worth 59.4 cents of the purchasing power that it was uh which was in what they say that went back to uh, the year Brian, 2000, go back to the year Brian 2000. Brian comes, Brian comes with notes like that. Uh, no, not really. This is just right off of PPS stuff I picked up and I'm like, I've got to talk about this. It, this is, this is one thing, you know, it's all at the same time. Everything's hitting at the same time. And I love this format, Jimmy, cause none of us did, we didn't script anything. We didn't plan anything. We're just going to talk well, about it. And, just and about for it. those of you guys listening, this is, this is the pressure point, right? This is, this is the pressure cooker right now. Payroll's high. I mean, you got front desk people. I'm I'm talking to owners on the West Coast and different parts of the country saying, yeah, I can't even hire a front desk person unless I'm pay offering $25, $26 an hour. I mean, wh where are we going here? So I think you saying income, I think squeeze is the right word because it's coming from two fronts, right? Lowered reimbursement, higher inflation, which means the person looking for a job, which right. there are a lot of, is yeah. demanding more. Yeah. The practice owners in the middle getting squeezed from both ends. It's like- reimbursement is not going up or it's declining. Great. That's, that's, that's money in and I've got to spend more money on the way out. So I am in fact getting squeezed from both sides. And you're getting squeezed from more sides than two. So you made the point that the reimbursement for our services is going down and that's given us pressure. The cost of goods and services are going up due to inflation. That's true. But guess what else? You got employees coming in. You got oh, kids man. coming out of school with $150,000 and they're like, look, my problems are your problem. I hate yeah. to say it, but you know, my problems are here. I got these student loan debts. I can't get a mortgage, a 30 year mortgage. It's not under 8%. It's I mean, insane. and they're sitting there. I'd love to live here and work here, but I can't even afford to live and work here. You know, you're outside in New York city. You know how expensive things are. I'm so okay it's, with it's them too. See, I liked what you just said, which is my problems are your problems, right? So if, if, mm -hmm. and, and I am a new grad still, and technically, even though this is my second career, because I graduated in <laughs> um 2016 right so i'm sort of like i like um i'm like with the young i like want to be young this is how i stay young too yeah i also use words yeah, like yeah, dope yeah. like i say yeah, that's dope, dope. And I, that yeah. I, I heard you say that i'm like that's cool <laughs> but i like what you just said which is my problems are your problems and as an owner you could be like that's true but if that's true then my problems are also your problems then because this is a relationship right. but it's two ways right just that's right then you street. bring your problems i'll bring my problems and if we can understand them together right so which is why we talked on your show by the way give it give a give a give a quick synopsis of what your we're going to put the link in the show notes but like 
talk to people about what you just give them like a quick and dirty on your show. Yeah. So, you know, our show, you know, physical therapy, private practice secrets, the top 10%, you know, Jimmy and I dove into the staffing shortage and right. we dove in hard on the beingness of people and owners because it really starts with you. Right. And we just hit it off right. and we just rolled from there. So I like that because the episode on your show and this, which by the way, we'll share yeah. both on both, whatever. Yeah, back and forth. It's sort of tackling both sides of not just saying there's only two sides for this issue, but it's taking it's taking on two perspectives. I have no problem if a new grad with $150,000 in debt comes out and says, I want to make more. And then Brian's yeah. going to nod and be like, yep, you, my, your problems yeah. are my problems, but that means yeah. my problems are your problems. So you need to bring more value than just the ability to bill. Like if you bring a license and ability to bill a CPT code, if that's all you bring, you will get the lowest possible salary because you're bringing the bare minimum value. If you come in and you're able to yes and, yes and, this does not mean in Jerry Durham, who's been on both of our shows, will say, if the only way to make more money as an employee or an employer is mm -hmm. more visits, more visits, more visits, you got a problem because that means your yeah. value is only in 50 or eight or 50. You know, it's in time-based increments. And that is not a, right. I do not want to be in that business because yeah, because now you're spending time. Right. Now you're just spending time, exchanging time for money, right? You're changing right. time that for is money. A race to the bottom. Right. That is totally yeah. a race to the bottom because you're not, you're not pricing your valuation in. You're not, you're not getting your full value for the, what the, you know, correct. So, and and so you know, and I, I also want to say, I don't think Jimmy, I don't think we should wear other people's conditions. I mean, I know they're coming to mean? us, you know, well, a lot of the owners are dealing with, you know, I'm sitting across from this applicant and they want to take the job, but they're like, my problems are your problems. You know, I have student loans. I have to cost a living. I have the, you know, but I can't wear your condition. I can't wear your condition. You know what you, you know what I owe you? You know what I owe you, Jimmy, as a new grad? I don't owe you your student loan payments, although I will have a student tuition reimbursement program, which is all fine, mechanics, mechanics. But what I do owe you when it all comes down to it is I owe you an opportunity. I owe you an opportunity to do Great. better. I owe you an opportunity Perfect. to earn more. I owe you an opportunity to have work-life balance with greater flexibility in your position. The better crafted I am, the better grounded I am at providing an environment in which you can seek that opportunity and be benefited from that opportunity, the better our relationship's gonna be. You just took the ceiling off of both of our abilities to earn more and to succeed. If you said, hey, if my problem, if your problems are my problems, I'll own that. But then the right. opposite is true. But hey, together, there's no roof, man. If we stay in this That's model right. where you show up to you give me eight hours and I give you money, what we decided eight hours was worth, we will just be in a race yeah. to the bottom. All right. So we need to actually get to the thing that we promised the audience that we would do, which is <laughs> yeah, taking a look at the in it. income squeeze. I went first on your show, which means you get to go first on my show. We're going to alternate these suggestions. We'll give the suggestion and we'll go into a little bit of detail, sort of explaining it to the other person and to the audience. So what is your first fighting the income squeeze? I love that word. I think it's true. What is your first suggestion? What do you got? Hmm. Wow. There's so much I could put on. I could put it. I could put so much on this. Um, but honestly, let me just clarify. Okay, here's where I want to start really quick. Number one, I think physical therapists don't bill. Number one, I think we got to stop this idea. I never say a physical therapist bills. Physical therapists never went to billing school. They never got a degree in billing or anything like that. Here's what physical therapists do. They treat a patient. They write a note that represents what they did during their treatment. And then they use codes to codify the note so the insurers know what was done. Whatever's paid is according to the fee schedule and according to the billing department and according to the mechanics. I don't have anything to do with that. I have to give an exchange in abundance 
with each and every patient. So if you want to fight this income squeeze, let's first stop driving the Yugo, stop driving the Chevette, and let's get into the right car. The right car yeah. is the progressive PT practice model, in my opinion, because going all the way back to 1950, which is kind of what you just said in a summary, according to 1950, when this whole healthcare system got put on its feet, it was, it was built on the premise of more patients, more units, more money more patients, more units, more money. So all of a sudden the treadmill of financial success is I have to see more people or I have to codify, I have to place more units. We got to I don't, there's no patch to that. There's no repairing that system. You've got to step outside that system and let it go. So if you're going to solve the income squeeze, I say you got to go to what's called a progressive PT practice model, which okay. is, this is the biggest one. This is the biggest solution to this problem, which is a hair salon. Look at a hair salon. Back when people used to go to a hair salon 10, 15 years ago, somebody checked you in. Somebody did scheduling. Somebody washed your hair. Somebody then did your hair and blew dry your hair and sent you on your way and sold your products. Now you go to a hair salon, there's one gal. She's in yeah. there. She's doing it all. Or one guy. That's it. They do it all. Nobody else. No, at a PT private practice five to seven years from now, I'm going to claim about 80 to 90% of all practices are going to be DPTs, PTAs, and techs. That's it. Everything else is outsourced. Marketing's outsourced. Billing's outsourced. Your virtual front desk is going to be a virtual front desk with a kiosk and a screen, and a live stream. You don't need that on your payroll. You got to get rid of that drama, get that down on your payroll. And here's the thing. You're going to get better quality people, higher advanced technology, and you're going to be more efficient because you're only paying for what you use. You're talking about what is here that doesn't need to be here. How can I find a tool right. or how could I find a person, right? Jerry Durham's talked about this. Does the person answering your phone need to be in your building? Uh, right. I know how phones work and the answer is no. So could you have a really, <laughs> really rock star person in yeah. Colorado answering your phones in Virginia? It's right. like, if that person is worth it, then the answer is yes. So Absolutely. I think what you're, I mean, you're, you're in, you're in Georgia right now, right? Yeah, I'm in Georgia. And if I open up a clinic in my County, Jimmy, my County's got 10,000 people. How many talented people am I going to find to work my front desk out of 10,000 people? Oh my God. I'm only going to hire somebody within 20, 30 minutes of my door. When you do right. virtual, it, they'd be anywhere in the country to your point. I, I've had organizations that I was considering working with then get to the si final stages of like, Hey, we want Jimmy to do Jimmy things. We want you to do, uh, you know, creative. We, we, you have to be here. And I was like, walk me through that. Cause your audience that I'm talking to is not in your backyard. <laughs> so explain to me. Now I'm not saying I never come there, but yeah, what I'm right. saying to, to understand culture and to be aligned, I'm not saying I'm not I'm the, sure, but you have to explain to me why I need to move to the area where you are. That's a you emotion thing, you, you them exerting control. I think a lot of people yeah. hearing this might be like, no, I need to see my front. I need to see them. They need to be right there. Then you are shrinking right. your talent pool and you will take the best of what's available in your geographic area. And that's not how people decide. That's not how people decide. Not, not, not really smart. People have options. Gen Z has options. They're not lazy. They have options. And I love the way you say it's the best of what, what's available to you. You know, it's basically, it's the best of what's left. You're only hiring the best of what's left because the best of the best is already employed. Correct. Already working somewhere winning. You, well, everything's a relationship, right? Therapist right. or business to patient, therapist right. or business to each other, right? Therapist and, and the owner. So what you're saying, for some things, you might want someone yeah. in, in the geographic area. There are some things that cannot be outsourced sure. or done remotely, Makes right? Sense. But for the thing that can, could you imagine saying like, I took the best of what was left? Who'd you marry? Yeah, the best of whatever was close. It's like, I don't know if that's the best way to talk <laughs> about your 
significant other. It doesn't sound right, good. Right. All right. That's right. So that's great. Progressive model. Who'd you marry? Who'd you marry? I like that's a that's a fun prediction, and I like that. And people could be. And here's yeah. the bad. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. This is 2003. Someone's gonna hear that in 15 years, and I bet you're gonna be close. That's just my. That's my bet. Come look me yeah. up. I don't yeah. know where I'll be in 15 years, but that's his first suggestion. All right, Brian. My first is so. I alluded to this on your episode. The three ways to actually make more money. I don't care what business you're in is bring in new customers who weren't there before, bring right. your current customers back more often, or have those existing customers find more value and spend more money. So th that is the theme of my three suggestions today. So the first one is going to be with what I consider, I don't want to call it low hanging fruit. I want to call it close hanging fruit. I know it's lower. Right. doesn't mean it's not as valuable, right? So this right. is when you have a client, could you create something from another business model? I love when we steal things from other organizations or other types of businesses because that's how things work best. It's been proven. Why don't PT clinics offer some sort of loyalty program? Why don't we reward right. those types of things? Like you find value here, but I'm not rewarding that. And you would you would be rewarded with people who keep continuing to come back with value. We say we're independent autonomous practitioners. We can offer things that have value. I'm not saying sell oil. I'm not saying mm -hmm. sell snake oil. I'm saying create a loyalty program that rewards repeat uses of your value with value added services. So like a, pro a loyalty program could incentivize people. I don't even want to call them patients. I'm gonna call them people to return more frequently to feel better, to not have to be injured to come back, right? We like to say we rehabilitate. Well, I'm a physical ther therapist. I'm not just into rehabilitation, right? You could bring someone beyond baseline we're talking about. So why isn't that on the table, right? You could do, I don't want to call them discounts, but incentivizations. Like if you're with me, we work together. We now have a shared common goal to succeed. And that could be done on like you're like a gym membership type of monthly basis, however you wanted to structure mm -hmm. it. But it's like, why wouldn't you reward the people that are like the best evangelist for your organization? Don't just ask for a five-star review, ask them how else mm -hmm. you can help and, and reward that loyalty with something that's mutually beneficial. How would this, how would this be done? I just gave you a couple different models, but what this does is going to what I suggested on your episode, which is take a look at what you actually bring, what value we actually bring, and ask people who have had a good experience in your organization, in your business, if they'd like more. Would you like seconds? Let me put you on a membership. <laughs> a lot of things, you're able to do that in 2023. You're able to track these yeah. things. So this would be yeah. getting out of the mindset of just when someone walks through the door, it's uh, twice a week for six weeks and you leave. Take those people who have already taken taken a little sip at the fountain and they like it and figure out how you have a relationship. Yeah. You know, I think what you're doing is is you're you're lifting the ceiling of understanding as to why we're in business. Why are we right. here? We're not here to get the person out of the woods and back to their pre-morbid status. We're here to help that person achieve optimum health. Optimum health for me at 55 may be, may be drastically different than optimum health for somebody who's 25. So I always like to give tips for professional success as well. So we gave the concept. That's the idea. An aftercare program, right? I'm not a fan of wellness programs. I don't even know what wellness means. But I like the aftercare idea. So here's a tip. Here's how you can actually do the doingness of what Jimmy and I are saying. 
let's say you have a personal fitness trainer that's certified and they're going to do the aftercare program. They're not even a licensed therapist, which is great because you don't have any Medicare issues or anything like that. So they sit in on all discharge visits, all discharge visits. They sit in and they say, hey, good. You're discharging and wrapping up your physical therapy care. We're now going to take your heart rate, blood pressure, your BMI, and I'm going to offer you your first one or two sessions for free because we want to take you from this status to a higher point on the tree of health so that you never have to come back again for the same sort of problem. And you can get your packages at a 25, 30% discount or whatever from the raw public because you're already been a PT patient. So that's our loyalty program. We're investing in you and we want you to invest in you. We want to help you invest more in you. We're here to you? invest in you. We're in business to see other people do well. We're not in business. Look, the pretzel guy is capitalistic, right? He's like, hey, you're $15. For <laughs> That's how much it is a pretzel, right? You're $15 <laughs> for this pretzel is more important to me than this pretzel. But to the person buying it, the pretzel is more important than the 15 bucks. I'm saying both are important to you. And I'm providing an environment and a service for you. Loyalty. It's two-way. Loyalty. It can help. It can help what you just said. I like how you said it. It can help remove that ceiling again, which feels like a, a, a theme of the episode. All right, that's my first suggestion. Yeah, I think we're. I think people are just too focused on the microcosm of PT goals, achieve goals, discharge. I, I'm really sorry, but if you keep doing what you've always done, you will keep getting what you always <laughs> got. You and got. so we've got this squeeze. That. You will. This is a race to lose. I can see why closed-minded people are very, very down on this profession. I see, I see a lot of the open-minded people. They're not, they're not, they're not optimistic on Twitter about PT. They're out doing the thing. And they're like, why are you guys spending time bitching? Listen, you can complain. You can say this is frustrating, but if you keep looking for more negative reasons why you're not going to succeeld and you're not looking for solutions, I got news for you. You will fail. That's a self-fulfilling problem. Jimmy, that is that is the best gold nugget I've heard in such a long time. What you just said there, no one's ever said, but it's exactly what's happening right now. That's exactly the crossroads we're at. You go to PPS, you have 1,500 people there, and all we're hearing about is everybody, yeah, all, how bad it is, how uh, terrible it is, how, how this and that, how much heavy lifting we have to do. And the funny thing you just pointed out is because the people who are winning at it, they're not the ones talking. They're not there. They're not the ones talking. They're not there. Because they're, they're out there doing it. They're they're creating that aftercare program. They're creating their 80-20 hybrid, which we'll talk about. They're doing the doing this because the, the world has shifted and they're not sitting around with a buggy whip. You know, Steve Jobs said it best. If I asked people what they wanted, they would say, you know, a bigger CD that holds more, you know, more songs. He said, what if I give you a smaller box that holds 1,500 songs? I, tell people what they need and want instead of waiting for the survey to tell you. Correct. All right, so that's my... Uh, that's my leadoff suggestion. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is diversified. Uh, you know, we're, we've got an income squeeze, right? And so part of the income squeeze, a big influence in income squeeze is decreased reimbursement, right? So reimbursement is decreasing. Look, any insurer that's paying you less than $15 from what your cost per visit is to what they're what you're collecting per visit, if it costs me $55 to deliver a session of therapy and I'm getting reimbursed, 60, they're out. They're out. You're, they got to go. They got to go. Now people are going to say, well, Brian, I got this void. I'm going to cut loose all these low paying insurers. Yes, you are. But you should have a private practice patient model, private practice patient model where 20% of the patient care you're delivering is cash-based services. 80% is insurance-based services because now you can afford to just keep the cream of the crop on your insurance base to fill your 80% coffers. And 20% is your cash-based services, both aftercare programs and internal 
physical therapy plan of care programs, which could be cash. You have to find a way. I've my top clients, my best clients are humming at that 80-20 hybrid patient care model. Was this idea this idea at one point was revolutionary, right? I mean, because everything is everything that's like that's sure. known now at some point didn't exist. The people that were early adopters are cruising on this. Is this still something that people struggle to adopt or to wrap their mind around? Yeah, you know, it's funny. People get caught in the weeds of so many particular things, you know, so many different kinds of things. Like, how do I do it? How do I set up my schedule for it? And I, I always say to myself, details. man, if someone put a gun to your head, you'd figure it out. You'd I mean, figure it out. You keep throwing these things up like there's blocks, there are barriers, there are brick walls. None of these things are brick walls. There's so many people that are just successfully working it. But to your point, they're early adopters, right? People who are coming in now are people that don't look around the corner. They're just focused on the potholes at the headlights. They only operate as far as the headlights will shine. If you're a CEO in a private practice mm -hmm. right now, you got to get your, you really have to get the training to think around the corner, around the bend before you're there. And part of it is, do you have the right patient care model? Is it diversified enough? Do you have, you know, the 80, 20 split? And I'll throw one more tip in there, which isn't one of my, I don't want to give away my three, you know, I don't want to give right, up one of my right. three, but I will throw this in there. I read in Forbes magazine, Fortune 500, you know, Money magazine, all these magazines over the years that the most wealthy, well-to-do, financially stable people in the plant in the country are those that have found a way to have three income streams, three income verticals. You should find a way within your business model, within your you life, to have yeah. three sources of income. So I'm just going to throw that one in there as a bonus. Thank you for the radio segue, Brian, to my second suggestion. We did not plan this, but this would be considered a way to have a different vertical. I'm going to twist this by starting with, and we didn't prepare this, right? Shout it mm. out. I'm not putting you on the spot, but there is something that a professional sports organization used to do in private. They used to hide it, right? And now mm -hmm. it's a televised multi-day event, so this is like part of marketing or communications. One of the rules is, can you make the visible invisible or can you make the invisible visible? I think you should steal this tactic. And the organization that did it was the NFL. Now, are you familiar with the NFL combine? Yes. Of course you are, right? So the football yeah. fans know exactly what I'm talking about. I think even most of the non-football fans know what I'm talking about, but I'll explain yeah, it just in yeah. case there's some people who don't. The combine is essentially, uh, it's a couple days long. It consists of, I think it's like eight to 12 different events, physical things. There's also a psychological test, a wonderlick evaluation. You essentially mm -hmm. take all these people who are getting set to become be drafted, to be draft picks in the NFL, and you go and you put them through a 40-yard dash, 225 bench pests for reps, a broad jump, a long jump. Skills players do uh, throwing drills for quarterbacks and receivers and yada, yada. I've heard this phrase before, if you move, you're an athlete, right? We all want to be the... <laughs> the star of our own sort of show, right? We're all, we're all the, the main right. character in our own movie, right? So yeah, why don't you pair yeah. two of these things? Because one of those things is I sort of want to know where I stack up. When I do a local 10K, I sort of look at the uh, competition. Where did I finish overall? Where did I finish males? Where did I finish males yeah. 30 to 45, right? We want to see where we did this. So what I'm suggesting could be done a number of ways, right? It's combine theory, which is, could you do it an overall fitness 
right? Combine, come in. Hey, we're a physical therapist. Mm. We're great at figuring out how we're movement experts. We keep saying that. Right. Great. Right. This is our general athlete. And if you move, you're an athlete. Everybody's an athlete. They're general uh, eight tests, things that we can pull off in our clinic to do. And can we have a specialized combine like, ooh, for runners or cyclists or volleyball players? And you modify the things that you're modifying, you're, you're, you're doing in testing based on the sport that they're playing. Now you're niching down, which is the thing we know used to not be a great idea. And now is sort of the only way. So you could do this as sort of like a workshop, like a one day thing. Listen, we're going to find out who the, we're going to find out who it is. You could de-identify the patient data and share it. Mm -hmm. Or you could let people mm -hmm. say, you know what, I'll, I'll put my name on that. And then you can see where you stack up. Now you've just created a place where you're like, I'm sort of middle of the pack. I used to think I wasn't middle of the pack or I'm at the top of the pack. I didn't realize that. I'd like to get better. In both instances, I'm the main character in my own life. I want to be better. What does better mean? I don't know. You tell me. So now you have this workshop where you put people through a combine, just like the NFL does. You can rate mm -hmm. and rank. We've just done baseline testing, Brian. Just done baseline testing on some validated outcome measures if you're going to use them. And now you can say, well, if, do you, Jimmy, you did really well. Look at look at this report card. People love report cards. People love filling out stupid oh, yeah. surveys. I, I took one the other day. What, kind of, what, what friends character are you? I'm Ross, by the way. But people love to see where they fit. And where they're strong. We don't love to see where we're weak, but we sure like to see a few weaknesses. And now you can say, well, here's where you're actually very strong. You know, if you worked on these three things, you could probably PR your next 10K, right? So now well, you know, people often people often say, Jimmy, that which you care most about, you will measure. Correct. Everybody's got a scale. Everybody looks at the done. That's right. So what I'm saying is if you have a night where you set this up. You're going to have to communicate this. If you wanted it, let's use runners because we're stupid and we're crazy and we'll, we'll do anything to get better, right? We'll lose it. We'll do anything to lose 15 seconds off our 10K. And you create a night for runners and you're going to do these eight things. You come. It's a great way to show, not tell what your organization, what yeah. your clinic is about if you're a clinic, right? And if you're a yeah. chain yeah. of clinics, how great would this be? Because you could do it at multiple locations on multiple nights. And now you have an ability to rank and rate people and figure out where do I fall? And then, oh, by the way, Gosh, how would I get better at these four things that I'm subpar at? Have you met Brian? He's our therapist who specializes in running, and you know he'd be glad to work for, work with you. So that's brilliant. To me, juice, that's brilliant. juice first I squeeze. I call it the combine, yeah. which is stealing something that works for. And again, the combine used to be not televised. It was not something people really talked yeah. about. And now, believe me, you're a real football fan. I'm not. You know the forty times of the best of the top. Like they know these statistics. Yeah. Why? It matters. Make them the running back of their own life. That's right. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. And that is such a watch thing. I mean, that that televised attendance is through the roof. People like to see how people could perform when they're stacked up against one another. People like competition. It's competition. How can I be part of this game? Listen, I got news. I'm never going to the NFL combine. But if my buddy down the street had this, yeah. I'd go check it out yeah. and see where I stacked up and then figure out what I need to work on. Then I have a choice. Do I improve with you or on my own? I like those odds because yeah. that's a 50-50 shot. I love it. I love it. You know, and you segue right into my third one. You you, you just teed me up perfectly, man. That's go the ahead. best. Go ahead. Mine is when we talk about competition. How about we only employ those people that want to practice in the top 10% of their license? Okay. We need to create an environment 
in which you're only going to attract the best and the brightest who are going to perform in the top 10% of their license. So how are we going to measure that? How are we going to rank that, right? Well, we got to go back to what's the purpose and what's the meaning of going to PT school? Because I've asked this question for, geez, Jimmy, I probably asked this question for the last 20 years. I said, what is the reason for becoming a PT? Like, why did you become a PT? Like, why did you want to, don't tell me to help people because that's being human, right? I mean, if you're not on this planet to help your neighbor or help your family member, you're just, you're just not human. At least in my world, don't, don't talk right. to me. <laughs> don't, don't get to connected to me, right? I want to be around people that genuinely intrinsically are interesting and interested because both flows are to benefit those around them. So create an environment inside your practice that does the same thing. And what I mean by that is, Let's look at surgeons in the US. I don't think there's a cardiologist, neurologist, or orthopedic surgeon in this country who's not paid or benefiting from a pay for performance model. None of those dudes, guys and gals doing those professions are literally getting a salary and benefits. And it doesn't matter whether they're working or not, they're getting paid. And when they go to Switzerland right. and they come back from the Alps, there's a good old fat check waiting for them. That is not the story. So Go to a pay for performance model, not a shared risk model. I'm not a fan of, oh, the more you run on the treadmill or the more units, more money you bring in, the more money you make. Not a fan of that. That's a volume based system. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting my pay for performance theory and in, in, in mantra in this, in, in the purpose of why you became a physical therapist. Cause there's only two reasons why you became a physical therapist. As far as I'm concerned, number one, you want to help as many people in the community as you possibly can. Number two, you want to develop your skills at the highest level so that you're giving the greatest exchange and abundance with each and every session. I feel when I'm treating a patient, I am blessed and I'm grateful for the fact this patient is sitting here before me because I know I got 12 other clinics within two miles of my office. There's 12 other clinics this person could be sitting in front of somebody else, but they're sitting in front of me. So I owe it to them to throw everything at this diagnosis, at this condition, the kitchen sink included, to get them the highest degree of outcomes possible in the shortest period of time. So why shouldn't I be reimbursed? Why shouldn't I be valued based on the purpose of becoming a physical therapist? I get a 80% or, or so base salary. I get a base benefit package. And then my main compensation comes from my clinical efficiency, my clinical productivity, and my high quality care as measured by a net promoter score. Those are the three reasons why you went to PT school. Help as many people, give as much care as you can per person, and practice in the top 10% of your life license as deemed by the patient, as viewed by the patient. Of course, the clinical outcomes are fine, but the patient's experience is what you should be most concerned with. You create an environment, a pay system like that, you are going to retain absolutely the best therapists who want to practice in the top 10% of yeah. license. With you saying, with you leading off with practice at the top of, of their license, got to get a shout out to one of your former recent guests, Michelle Colley, because they coined the term patottle, yes. P-A-T-T-O-T-L. Yes, she did coin that term, patottle. So I think this is great for a couple of reasons. One is I now feel like what I do all those little things for the podcast audience, I'm using the air quotes. I use a lot of air quotes on a podcast, Brian. Yeah. I'm not sure why I do it. It's yeah. a bad idea, but I keep going. It feels <laughs> as if you're putting, you're you're letting me have a, a, a hand on the levers that can lift the success of the client, the success of the patient, and my personal success. And right. people do those things, right? It's like, Man, if you gave a really great, I mean, Jerry Durham is probably just like losing his mind if he's hearing this, which is like, if you gave a really great experience from front desk to leaving yeah. that day to, of course, arrive, pay, and stay, as Jerry will beat his drum, that's 
if you can measure that, people would do that all the time. Right. I tell the story of the dead raccoon. Have you ever heard of the dead raccoon? I got to do another. No, tell me. So you, there's a, if you Google dead raccoon, you get an image of a bunch of them, right? The bunch of these images, which is a long road, right? Going off into the country with two yeah. yellow lines painted down the middle. And one of two things happened. The guy painting the lines, the day he was supposed to paint the lines, had a dead raccoon there. And he either paints over the raccoon and keeps going. <laughs> or he's, I guess, being smart enough where he gets to the raccoon, goes around the raccoon, and then begins going down the, down the road. And the idea there is the guy's job was to paint the yellow lines. His job wasn't to move the dead raccoon. It's like, well, your job actually was to do a great job. And right. you didn't do that because part of it, I, I'm sorry I did not put moving dead raccoons in your job description. I didn't know that that was going to come up, but I need to find people who are willing yep. to be like, actually, my job is to is to do the best job possible. But they also, they want to feel by doing it, by moving the raccoon, Am I helping the success of the road, or the community, whatever? And if it does, I should be rewarded for that, right? It's hard to track That's those right. things. But when you do, like something like N like Net Promoter Score, which I heard about that when I was in PT school, and I think it was like a new thing that yeah. PT was adopting yeah, it was. in like 2015, yeah. 2016. Yeah, you're right. And, yep. and when you do that, people feel more um, invested in, hey, if I give a really – instead of just saying, hey, have a great night, Mrs. Smith. You know, yep, you spend that extra yep. five minutes and give a really good – we're in a service industry. I know people think we sell products, but we don't. We sell a service. We don't. And when you yeah, do that, when I feel like I have my finger on a lever and I can lift my personal self and the business and the customer experience, people, I bet, more often than not, would 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 pull that lever and, and flex that muscle. No, I agree. I agree 100%, man. I love the story of the dead raccoon. That says so much. Got to that... move the dead raccoon. You got to move the dead raccoon. That's such a great story because it's visual and it's it's actually you can, you can it almost, has a lot of substance. You can almost smell that story, and a lot yeah. of times stories <laughs> paint a picture, but you can you can almost smell that story. All right, so my that was that was your third. My my three. I remember I said the three ways you can help. Uh, the only three ways you can make more money, right? Bring in new customers uh, back more often. Yeah. Bring brand new customers in the door, or have your existing yeah. customers spend more with you if they had a good experience. Someone spending more doesn't mean you're doing something immoral. I need PTs to get this out right. of your brain. If you offer more, it's value, a loyalty loop. It's a loyalty, loyalty loop. If, yeah. Uh, again, not advocating selling something that you do not think is clinically right. relevant or needed, right? So this thing is, I'm going to need PTs to let go of something for a minute and just hear me out. I'm going to use a word that causes people stress in our profession. And the word is upsell. I know I'm not telling you to do something or to offer something that you do not in your, I'm looking right at the microphone, in your clinical judgment would benefit the person that you are engaged with. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying if there is something that exists that could help this person, Give them the option to do that. And I am going very slow because this is important. I am not telling you, and I know the guys from Hyperice, I'm not telling you that you need to start selling percussion guns if you don't think that that could help this person. Don't do it. Right. Eric from Hyperice is losing his mind. Jimmy, why is he saying that? Because I'm also saying if you think this person would benefit from that, you should give them that option. 
Yeah. Give them the option. I make suggestions, you make decisions. I'm not telling you to make suggestions you don't believe in. I'm saying if there's something out there and you're not suggesting it, I'm going to flip this on right. them, Brian. You are doing them a disservice by not telling That's them right. about it, right? And people, if they hear something that could help them, that you, who they have trust in, honestly believe that this could help them be a better version of themselves, and you're not offering it, I'd say that's disrespectful. So I would say, this is my third suggestion, is could you upsell treatments or things that you could ethically and with a straight face defend to colleagues and the public why I offered this? You not doing it is doing a disservice to your business and the people you seek to serve. You get to decide what those things are. There are people that do sell snake oil. I got news for you, Brian. They're going to keep selling it because some people buy it. I'm telling you yeah. to sell things that you honestly believe in. And by sell, upsell is a bad word. Oh, it's a, it's a dirty word in PT. So is sell. I'm telling you to achieve understanding. Explain what you have seen. Be honest about the evidence and what is known. And then be quiet and see if that person would like to try that because you're someone that you're not selling anything you don't believe in. So don't even open your mouth unless you believe in it. But if you do and you're not giving them an option, I don't know what to tell you because you're doing them a disservice. And you're no, you know, and, and you're raising a bigger point, Jimmy. You know, you can harm people in two ways. I can commit an act against you. I could punch you and give you pain or I could withhold sharing something with you and you result Correct. in pain. Or discomfort, or discomfort. So, you know, as a therapist, if I know in my heart, I could get you into an aftercare program with the newbie e-stem and you could use the master reset on 20 minute applications three days a week, and it's going to reduce your stress levels and it's going to improve your mobility. Why am I not offering you this cash-based service for 20 minute sessions over here in our platinum lazy boy room, right? I mean, you've got to start thinking outside. Are we not here to help people achieve optimum health? You said it before. We're not here just to get people to reach their goals. We're here to get them to achieve optimum health. It goes beyond physical therapy, plan of care. Correct. It goes beyond the POC. Correct. I understand that when I go to the Ritz-Carlton and I order a vodka soda and I get Grey Goose, it's the same Grey Goose that I could buy for 40 bucks at my boy down the street. I understand that I'm buying something else. And I, and I know it yeah, again, right. there are people that will ruin this. There are snake oil salesmen. There's a reason that snake oil salesman is a cliche. It's because people have been selling it for eons, right? I'm not telling you to do that. I, like, I feel like, especially with PTs, I need to hit them over the head with this. I'm not telling you to do anything you do not 100% believe in. I'm telling That's you right. the things you do 100% believe in, offer that. Hard stop. All right, that's my you know, third it's kind of like when I buy it's kind of like when you buy a car. We all buy a car. We buy the floor mats. It's Correct. an upsell. But I'm not going to leave the lot without the car without the floor mats. I'm going to buy the floor mats. It's right? an upsell, but, but I want my car to have high quality floor mats. That's what I'm going to Did do. you have to you get know, it's them? It's funny. No. But they asked. That's right. And you said this isn't right. this isn't this is an exchange. I feel like this is a fair exchange or an exchange of abundance. I'm getting, I'm giving this yeah. number of dollars yeah. and I understand that what I'm getting feels like I'm getting more. That's right. I'm going to pay the $90, but for the next five years, I'm going to have my feet on good quality floor mats that fit my Correct. You know, I could. You know, Brian, it's funny. Rub, this, go ahead. I could rub my own feet, but it feels better when someone else does it. So that's why I pay him a suit. 
Go ahead. What were you saying? That is well said. Well said. You know, we talked about, you know, trying to help people with this income squeeze. And it's great because, you know, we didn't prep before this. And everybody listening, you know, it's just it's just the two of us just trying to offer you guys suggestions and, and food for thought and and hopefully tools. Like I'm a big one on like, I don't want to just leave you with ideas and concepts. And now you got all these problems you got to go figure out. I want to tell you there are tools that are solutions. A pay for performance model is a tool. Going to an 80-20 split with your with your focused patient care demographics is a tool. You know, literally identifying, um, like Jimmy said, your aftercare programs, you know, additional income verticals. Those are all mechanical structural changes that if you're willing to confront them, you're willing to face what comes with those changes, you're going to be one of those practices that's not at PPS whining and complaining about the doom and gloom of what's around us in society today, you're going to be one of those people sitting there going, I don't have those problems. I, All day. I, I mean, I see what you're talking about, but that's not our experience. Uh, where should people go to find out more about you? Where's the one place you like to send them in terms of like a website or, or a resource? Where do, you want, yeah. where do you want people going? You know, two, two spots. Number one, yeah. I think the website's great. I, we're very transparent on our website. We have a resource tab. We have all of our pricing and everything we do. We're an education team first and foremost, right? So go to website, Meg, you know, www.megbusiness.com. What's beautiful about megbusiness.com and the company that we built, we're in 34 different states. We have employees in 34 different states. We have 150 employees, 115 rather employees. And, um, we've been doing this since 2006 and my focus is, and my message to my team is always do what's in the best interest of the individual in front of you. Because if in helping them to succeed, we have succeeded along with them because that is our purpose. And to do that, you got to offer services and educational tools, make people better executives, make people better owners, but also offer them the services of credentialing, billing, virtual front desk, because these are the challenges of today. It is an income squeeze. Lowering that payroll below 50% of the GI coming in per month is a game changer. So go to the website or just email Jen, J-E-N-N at megbusiness.com, J-E-N-N at megbusiness.com. I'll get on the phone with you. We'll talk for an hour, hour and a half. I will not try to sell you anything. I will try to understand where you're coming from. And then let's talk solutions from there. So, but I also recommend you listen to this podcast forever because this is great, Jimmy. This is a great podcast that you're doing. Are you ready to play three questions? I'm all for it. I'm all in. All right, three questions is brought to you by our friends at uh, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They're leaders in orthopedic PT. It's sort of in the name, and they're part of APTA. And they have an industry-leading OCS prep tool, which is called Current Concepts of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, in their fifth edition right now. So if you're thinking about taking that leap, and becoming an orthopedic clinical specialist, if you want to advance to that, this is the perfect roadmap. Doesn't matter where you are, where you want to go as an OCS, current concepts can help. So find out more at orthopt.org. All right, three questions, right? Three questions at random, Brian Gallagher. Here's the first one. What is the first impression that you want to always give people? When you're thinking, hey, I'm going to something like PPS, what is, in your mind, when I ask this question, what's the first impression? What is your answer? What's the first impression you always want to give people? I always, without any effort, to be honest with you, because I've kind of adopted this very early on, but I've always been mindful of the idea that this is the most important person in my universe at the moment that I'm speaking with them. 
Wow. I always Deep. want the person to understand and feel that they're the most important person to me at this moment in time. Because if they're taking their time to want to share with me whatever problems, challenges, barriers, or I, I, if you listen to my body, if you listen to anything I've written and wrote, I don't ever use the word problems. I always say we're just living from one situation to the next. Ooh. So whatever situation they're dealing in, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be present. I want to be listening. I want to be eye to eye contact. I want them to know that they're the most important living, breathing person to me at that very moment in time. How do you lose with that mindset? I love that one. Second question on three questions. What is one thing you wish you had the money to pay someone to do for you? What's like your, what's your like, you know, your guilty pleasure? Like, man, I wish I didn't have to do this and I could just, you know what, pay someone to do it. What is something that you, that comes to mind? <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, Mine's I'm, a long big, hair. I'm a big fan of do it yourselfer, but you know, yesterday I had to clean out the chicken hen house. I had to clean out you that hen chicken? house and man, All right. I, I, I got 15 chickens. I got 11 fresh farm eggs every single day. I love my girls. They're high producers, but I am not loving cleaning that hen house every, every, and I don't have to do it often. It's like only like once a month. Um, but boy, I could give that up. I could pay yeah. for that. That's for sure. You know, it's like, is the juice worth the squeeze? It's like, you know, are the eggs worth the the shovel? I don't know. Like that's, that's the, that's the question, but that would be fine. I mean, Third think about question, that, man, 11 to 12 a day. It's a lot. I don't know if I can keep, I eat a lot of eggs, but I don't know if it's that much, but oh, see, I'm, we never, I'm, get, I'm giving we, them away. I'm giving we them never, away. we never get to things like this unless I ask weird questions from three questions. Third question, three <laughs> questions. Are you, do you like to plan things out in detail or are you more spontaneous? Where do you fall? on the spectrum plans spontaneity where do you fall what's closer you know it's funny i hate to give you a, a weird answer on that but my weird answer on that is i'm a little bit of both i'm actually yeah. a little bit of both I, I i can't say i'm one or the other there's certain things in my life i'm very sp spontaneous about and i think it's more on the personal level i'm very spontaneous about my feelings and emotions with others and people when i feel something about somebody i'm going to express it when i feel like doing something with someone i'm going to do it um i just feel like too many people hold back today. Too many people are reserved. They're not being the real self. They're they're for fear of, I don't know, self-consciousness or whatever. I My kids laugh at me. They're like, dad, you don't have the gene for awkwardness, do you? I'm like, yeah, no, I, I just, I don't, I can't remember the last time where I felt like awkward. I just, I, I, it's just not there. Like take it for what it is. My intentions are always good. You know, but when it comes to other things like analytical sort of things, like objective, I'm very much a planner. I, I, I very much like a business strat plan, financial plan. Reserve. I very much gravitate toward performance. But in personal kind of people to people thing, I don't think people to people life should be planned. I think it should be experienced. I think it should be felt. I like the fact that as a PT, you're answering that question essentially with it depends which is our mantra. <laughs> You're like, well, listen, Jimmy, Fair spontaneity or planning, it depends. All right, that's three questions brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Last thing we do on the show is called The Parting Shot. the Academy of Orthopedic PT and MW Therapy. Uh, if 
you know, switching over your EMR is giving you like anxiety and agita. Agita is what they call it in my family. I'm not really sure why, but if it's giving you agita and you're like, I'd like to switch EMRs, but I'm not sure what I want to switch to give the, give the tires a kick with MW therapy. They make your switching over their EMR easy. MWtherapy.com parting shot, Brian, this is your chance for just like last thing we do, mic drop moment, soapbox statement. So drop it or step up. What do you want to leave with the audience today? What's your, what's your parting shot? My parting shot is going to be a little bit more on the simplistic level. Um, I was reading a book. I, I, I try to get through 50 books a year, and I, I read a section where they define the word of uh, being authentic. And, you know, we all kind of think we know the meaning of the word authentic, right? And the definition I read was being true to oneself at all times. And I said to myself, we could all benefit from being more authentic, like really being true to yourself and how you express yourself, how you explain something, how you share something, how you feel uh, in, in verbal communication with another, um, what you stand for and not being afraid to stand for it. I'm very, I, I just really connected with that. I said, we need more authentic behavior, more authentic individualism in today's society and in our world, beyond just physical therapy, beyond just healthcare, just being true to oneself, being true to your core. I, I just, I find it hard for me as a person to have a difficult time around people who are truly authentic. I very much can pick up on when someone's disingenuine, but when they're right. authentic and they can believe and share something that's completely contrary to where my position is or my viewpoint, but Darn it if I don't ultimately respect that position because it's true to them. Which, look, at the end of the day, what's real for you is real for you, and no one should tell you otherwise. That's being authentic. Be true to your core. Be true to yourself because that's somebody I want to be around. Brian Gallagher dropping mics at the end of the episode. Megbusiness.com. <laughs> uh, thanks for helping us take a look at all sides of this, or at least a lot of sides of this income squeeze and thanks for having me on your podcast. That was fun to be the guest and just sort of like, you know, I don't have to like worry about like, you know, being hosting duties uh, on your show. So make sure we'll put the, the link in the show notes to go listen to, uh, to Brian's podcast. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on yours. I'm very grateful. This was good fun. Most fun I've ever had on a podcast. Uh, write it down. Put it up. That's a review we're going to share on Twitter. They said the best uh, conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. Yeah. Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology as well as a Neurologic OT Fellowship, a Competitive OMPT Fellowship, and a Speech Therapy Clinical Fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. 
The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.